Greyhound leader to trap one. Emergency alert to all radar stations. Welcome to the Trap One podcast. Joining me today is my old friend Carey, uh, best man at my wedding and Doctor Who viewing companion uh, as we've been making our way through the 70s over the last few years. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. How's your tea? It's... It's bloody awful. (laughs) So what we're doing today is uh, drinking some Doctor Who teas which uh, I won in a competition from Blog to Who uh, just before Christmas, and I put them away and forgotten about them uh, and brought them out today. Uh, shout out to Blog to Who. So, uh, what we've done, I'm drinking uh, the David Tennant blend, which is black tea, Assam Melody tea, Ceylon Sonata tea, Cocoa Nibs, Natural Chocolate, Marigold Flowers, Strawberries, Pineapple Pieces, um, um, blended with with marigold flowers. Not just any chocolate though. Irish breakfast chocolate. <laughs> Irish breakfast chocolate. The Irish not always. <laughs> they do. Much like the French, chocolate for breakfast is something you can you can get behind. I think there. I'm saying this is horrible, but I'm still sipping away at it. Kerry's drinking a, a randomly selected tea, which he's now going to try and identify <clears throat> from the ingredients. Right. Admittedly, I'm absolutely terrible at this. So, do you think you are drinking Rory Williams tea, uh, which is uh, green tea, natural sweet potato, <laughs> as opposed to other types of sweet potato, presumably, natural vanilla, cinnamon bark, ginger root, and marigold flowers? Are you drinking Amy Pond, which has cardamom pods, raspberry leaves, uh, cranberry flavouring, uh, and a natural orange flavour? No, I don't think that one either. Donna Noble, which has orange peel, cinnamon bark, uh, again orange flavouring. The ginger characters seem to have the, uh, the orange flavouring in their tea. Uh, and cinnamon. Could or, be cinnamon. Or are you drinking the Ninth Doctor tea, which contains gunpowder, natural chestnut flavour, aniseed, and once again, cinnamon? I'm going to go for the last one. The Ninth Although Doctor. I can't taste any aniseed at all. I know. <laughs> I hate see, so. uh, incorrect, I'm afraid. Ah, it was Donna yeah, Noble. Was it? Yeah. What was that again? Orange and orange peel, cinnamon bark, orange flavouring, and cinnamon flavouring. Yeah, well, it doesn't taste orangey, but fair enough. Might have to go and put some sugar in it. No problem. <laughs> uh, do you want to take a recording break while you add some sugar? No, it's all right. Okay, fair enough. I'll just get going. Okay, so uh, how have you prepared for the podcast we're going to do today, watching Series 10, Episode 4, Knock Knock? I haven't prepared in any way, shape or form, I'm afraid. I think I was under the misapprehension that we were just going to go into this dry, as it were. Okay, so you haven't even watched the episode? I haven't seen any of this series, no. Right. I'm afraid. You saw the last series, all right? No. <laughs> so bits. Was that the one with the mummy on the train? No, or was that, the that was the series before. Yeah, I'm, I'm up to date ish. Yeah. So you're in, <laughs> you're you're within the current Doctor. So what? Well, what we've been doing, obviously, we've been going all the way through. We started with um, with Spearhead from Space, Second Doctor. Yeah. We started with the war games. The war games. Yeah. And then from then, 
them yeah. through. Yeah, so I think it's fair to say that uh, <laughs> I am a little bit behind the times. <laughs> yeah, I think we're up to the stones of blood. <laughs> we've, uh, yeah, so we've been watching through from the war games. It's taken us, I reckon, about five years yeah. to get to... Was the Stones of Blood the last one we watched? I think uh, it was, yeah, wasn't it? Was it? Uh, last time. Uh, so we're still in the key to time season. Or the stone, the uh, the awesome vam of the Stones of Blood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but you've seen a lot of the new series. And stuff. Uh-huh. You have seen yeah. you have seen all of yeah. David Tennant and Matt Smith's stories, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and the first series of Capaldi. Yeah. Okay, so can you remember the first Doctor Who story you ever watched? Um, no, not really. I've said before, I have vague recollections of Peter Davison, um, but since that that can only have been up to, what, 80, 85, 85 86, something 86, like that, yeah. then I don't think I'd have watched it first round, so it must have been repeats just on terrestrial TV. Um, the first time I actually watched Doctor Who with any kind of knowledge of what it was, was when we were at university, so maybe 90... 798 and you lent me the uh, the VHS tapes out of your TARDIS um, <laughs> container and you, I remember that massive TARDIS you had with all the, the VHS tapes that had been released at the time uh, and I watched my way through a big selection of those uh, again though that was from the third Doctor onwards I didn't uh, I didn't delve too much into the first or second no because it's black and white yeah <laughs> yeah that's the the TARDIS video cabinet um, which I got when I was about 15 or something. I've still got, um, but it's not deep enough for DVDs, so I now keep my Virgin New Adventures in it. Failed to plan ahead. <laughs> yeah. You uh, failed to plan. You plan to fail. That's, right. That's it, exactly. Uh, so it's fair to say, probably like me, I think, that you said the 70s are your favourite yeah, era uh, yeah. Doctor Who. Yep, thoroughly enjoyed them as we've been watching through them. Uh, we're in... Uh, I think we're coming kind of to the end now, aren't we, of uh, Tom's purple patch, but there's still a couple of excellent ones. Yeah, still yeah, as we get to the end of the key to time, we've still got sort of City of Death to look yeah. forward to, uh, Horns and Nymon, a couple of other <laughs> classics like that. <laughs> um, and also, you gave me the idea of calling, well, originally my blog and, and now podcast Trap One. Yeah, that's right. Quite proud of that. Yeah, this was about four years ago. I was trying to come up with a name, <laughs> uh, and we'd just been watching, obviously, the Pertwee stories. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what was it we were watching? Was it the Demons? Could well have been, yeah. Or was it earlier? Oh no, it was um, thingy in the, in the the mine in Wales. Um, the Green Death. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well remembered. I think. I can't remember specifically which one it was. I remember it was about twenty thirteen. That's what I remember. Yeah. It was a fiftieth anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm. So without further ado. Yep. Right. Let's go on with this. So the plan is just to. Watch and see what happens. So yeah, far. that's it. So uh, and without any preparation whatsoever, yeah. <laughs> I'm about to make a fool of myself. Okay, so if you are watching along at home, uh, we are pressing play on Knock Knock now. Does anybody watch along at home? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I haven't really had any feedback. The podcast that I listen to... She has a very diverse cast of friends. Yeah. <laughs> she does. That's uh, and if you you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, no, it's uh, Larry David, the guy that yeah. was behind Seinfeld, and uh, there's a scene like that where some, you know, in America, the is it the guides, the girl guides, yeah. sell cookies door to door, 
uh, and that kind of thing where they're all from every different ethnicity sort of thing at the door and he congratulates them on, uh, <laughs> <laughs> on being so diverse. Uh, so they're so going uh, to a tiny little house. Yeah, so they're a bunch of students looking for um, looking for their house. Oh, right. Uh, and uh, looking for somewhere that's going to be decent on their budget. Ah, I see. And these are all existing students then, presumably. Yeah. And she's just starting as a student. Uh, well, in the first episode of the series, uh, she was taken on by the Doctor as a student. and uh, But yeah, I mean, this could be any, any amount of time later. Right. I mean, I guess... I trust this old guy who just happened to be <laughs> eavesdropping on the conversation. I trust him implicitly. And this is the house that he's uh, that he's offering them right. at a very cheap rate. <laughs> How does it compare to your student house? Uh, much the same, really. Yeah, creepy old guy. <laughs> Watch out for him. <laughs> we had, uh, I think we had the nicest landlord in the world. I think uh, the strongest word I ever heard him use was cripes. <laughs> in fact, I'm the only person I've ever heard say cripes. My landlady at uni, I remember she knocked on the door once and she'd... Uh, well, she found <laughs> found a wheelbarrow <laughs> on the street, uh, which she wanted to uh, to keep in the yard until she could send somebody around with a van to right. collect it. Yeah, is that it? They've all moved in. Uh, the this this guy's moved in first. Right. The, the night before the rest of them. Okay. Uh, I guess I mean you got to get there early to get the best room. Haven't you, you? you want to pick the best room? Yeah. He's, I see he's, he's brought all of his gear to throw it down as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thunderstorm. So they just signed the contract there and then. He's yeah. very trusting this old man, isn't he? I, I didn't I, even <laughs> want to see the bank details or credit checks or anything. I mean, I are they paying for it themselves or like presumably the students? They are students. Yeah. The parents will have something to do with that. Like they'll have to put the parents down as uh, like a, a you know a credit a check or whatever. Is uh, it a bond or whatever? Yeah, you have to you have to put a bond down, don't you, in so, case, I mean, in case of any damage. Yeah, their parents must be okay with it, so why not? Yeah. You know, I don't think we give uh, parents enough freedom to do <laughs> as they will with their children these days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, clearly the old man's going to be the victim here, isn't he, <laughs> if they don't pay? So I'm just looking out for him. Watch, yeah. <laughs> I think they're taking him for a ride. Watching this with uh, with my wife, Mel, who's a solicitor, she was fairly horrified at people signing a contract without even reading a word of it. Oh, Right. I feel that we're probably missing a little bit of this because there's a lot of things popping up on the screen that say thunder and lightning and yeah. he screams. I mean, a big part of this is that they're in a very creaky house, um, which adds to the atmosphere a lot. There's a lot of wood creaking and it's, there's a, a mix of it, which I think you can watch on the iPlayer with your headphones in, which is a kind of a surround sound type thing so that you can hear sounds behind you and it all adds to the creepiness. Right. Uh, but you're watching it for the first time <laughs> in silence. In silence with <laughs> subtitles. Uh, well, is uh, how many of them moving into the house? Uh, six, I think. Six. Yeah. So this is. So it's just yeah. It's, I wonder if they signed like to pay a set price for the whole house, or did they sign per room? Because that old dude's just lost out on like a sixth of his money if it's uh, if it's the second one. Potentially, yeah. I think they all signed the one contract, which. If it's still the same case as when I was at uni, if you all sign one contract, you only need one TV license. Right. Uh, if you sign individual ones, oh, you all need a, rooms. you need a separate TV license. But you're protected 
if this is fascinating, isn't it? <laughs> if, one, if one person moves out, if you're in separate contracts, if one person moves out, the rest of them don't have to make up the rent. But if you sign one contract, right. you do have to uh, to make up the rent. <laughs> so this is the thing with this series. Um, I think it's what an interview. Yeah, it doesn't really. Does it? Got a point there. Like time, but that's not true, is it? You said that's my species. I'm a time war. That's my species. Yeah. But didn't we see? Uh, like much earlier how there were Gallifreyans and Time Lords and they were two different like the Time Lords were just a, like a, a segment of the of the people of Gallifrey because you have to go to the academy didn't you to become a Time Lord or a Time Lady yeah it was always fairly ambiguous because you had the Shabogans, uh in the invasion of time who were sort of outcasts from society yeah. and, and lived uh, as, as you know kind of uh, a much more simple rustic existence natives yeah <laughs> 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 and um, yeah, as as to whether all Gallifreyans were time lords and could regenerate and things. Yeah, there was was it in Listen I think where uh, you saw what was potentially the young Doctor being taught, being discussed about whether he'd ever be a time lord if he went to the academy. So I think it's still it's not really set in stone. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the uh, there was an interview with one of the writers where they were saying that. Bill learns something new about the Doctor, uh, along with any new viewers in each episode. So the first one, it was, you know, that he's got a, a TARDIS and things. Right. And then in the second one, he, she learned that he had two hearts. Right. So now that she's learning that. That he's a Time Lord, yeah. And then he, brush, he mentions regeneration yeah. and brushes over it, which I quite like. Yeah. I don't like the, the companion knowing about regeneration until it happens. I think that's a much better idea, whereas the modern series has tended to veer on the side of everybody knows about regeneration. Yeah. So, when the tenth Doctor regenerated, uh, even Wilf, uh, he mentioned something like, uh, <laughs> like "drafty." Yeah. Ah. Did... Oh no! Sorry. Like the Doctor suspects the wind. Yeah. Does he? He's a, <laughs> a suspicious chap. What's she got in that box? Uh, this these are her effects. Right. Uh, so to move the doc, the doctor materialised the TARDIS around her boxes, right, uh, and then brought over here. Yeah. Clever, clever. Yeah. Something that you see more of in the modern series again is regenerating around things, so they appear in the TARDIS. Right. I think it maybe only happened in Logopolis in the old series when uh, Tom Baker re- uh, he uh, materialises around another police box. Yeah. D- didn't they? Material, yeah, materialize around the the master's tardis in that because it was a statue. Uh, it was, it was a, yeah. It turned out to be the master's tardis, didn't it? But he thought it was just a police box. He was just going to measure it for something. Right. But it did turn out to be, I think, the master's tardis. Yeah. Yeah. It was a statue in the keeper of track, and it was the the Melker. Oh, they saw this. Uh, this kid's just tried to high five the doctor. Yeah. Like. <clears throat> Who does that? Yeah. Who does that? No respect for, for age or authority. Apparently in the original draft of the script, that kid there that just tried to high-five him yeah. was revealed to be Harry Sullivan's grandson. Right. Unnecessary. Yeah. Isn't that the guy who just got killed? No. Oh, no, so he's still... He's still dead. He's still dead, is he? Yeah. Well, you know, these um, these young white males, they all look the same to me. <laughs> Without being racist. Yeah, this guy's Scottish, obviously, you can't tell from the subtitle. Oh, uh, right, they really should. Uh... I knew the guy was called Pavel. Yeah. So, presumably, he was. Uh... He had an accent, yeah, a different ah, accent. missed that. That would have helped to differentiate him. Yeah. 
So this, um, I was uh, talking to uh, Denise, who was the guest on last week's podcast. Uh, we were messaging about this episode. She was saying that apparently you can stay at this place on Airbnb. Right. Yeah. This house, should you want to. I wonder if this will uh, do wonders for the business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll kill it off completely. I don't know, I guess you're going to get maybe Doctor Who fans who want to go and stay in it and Recreate. I guess it depends how scary the episode is, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, some nice 70s panel on there. Yeah. You don't see much of that anymore. Well, it's not the 70s, I guess, is it? Yeah. It's, uh, Obviously, it's a, a nod back to the unit era. Yeah. Well, if it was set in the 70s. Which it definitely wasn't. <laughs> Although, to be fair, they didn't have a lot of that. It was all, uh, it was all very near future, wasn't it? The, that was the idea, beige, yeah. beige, uh, blank beige walls. That was the idea that it was set in there with the video phones and things. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? I mean, I look at, um, you, for example, Star Wars, when uh, they're running around the Death Star and 3PO's there with the comlink like, grasped in his yeah. metallic hand and uh, he's talking and, and you're there thinking, like, that's just so low-tech compared yeah. to what we've got <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. I remember uh, playing the old Star Wars role-playing game back in the, like, mid-90s. And uh, they had these things called like uh, data pads, and uh, like, oh, it's ridiculous. But you never get that yeah. much information to such a tiny little device. And you look at our, our mobile phones and stuff now, and they're uh, yeah. five times as powerful. That's it. We still don't have the galactic holonet, though. One day. One day. Yeah, because just one day I can project <laughs> 30 foot pictures of myself <laughs> into other people's living rooms. <laughs> Doesn't C3PO turn his communicator off as well? So that they're not giving away. Oh, he does, yeah, because he leaves yeah. it on the table, doesn't he? When, yeah. Um, when the stormtroopers come in and bang the heads. Yeah. So if they had our level of technology, yeah. Luke could have texted him. Yeah. To, to get him to turn off the track, the trash compactor at that point. Yeah. Yeah, he could have. No, he couldn't have put it in his pocket, could he? He could have like <laughs> worn a headset. He could have. He's a three pure his earbuds. He's a robot. He could have had a built-in communicator. That is very yeah. true. Yeah. Although, yeah. The way they were established in uh, the prequels that uh, they never thought about that with the robots. Yeah. <laughs> never thought about just giving them inbuilt communicators. <laughs> so they're all going to go off. They're all going off together, though. Yeah. Investigating. That's showing good sense. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's where it's not. Uh, I tell you what, like, this old fellow, he keeps a tidy house. He does. Under if he employs a housekeeper or if he does it himself. He seems like a hands on kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Um, not usually you get all the plates and things either in a, no. in a student house. No. And they all match. So yeah, the uh, the creepy noise in the uh, in the little cupboard there was the doctor all along. Right. Uh, have, have we seen the sonic screwdriver yet? Then in this series. Uh, yeah. We are. Yeah, it's been in uh, in each right. episode. So this is a new design for this series. I think it, well, I got it at the end of the last series. All right. Is it? I guess they've got to really. I mean, they've got to keep up with the the toy production. Yeah. <laughs> the more toyetic, the better. This one looks more like a toy, I think, as well. Right. I'm not massively keen on it. I think the previous one looked more like a tool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like yeah. the. Uh, I like the kind of the little red herrings. 
Mm. They've got when he's what's that noise and then oh yeah. sorry what's that smell yeah it's a Chinese food yeah there wasn't so, any wind the trees were moving yeah that's the mystery what I don't get it uh, that's what alerted the doctor to something strange going on the trees right. were moving and creaking but he couldn't there was no wind. wind that sometimes happens though just because you don't feel the wind where you are doesn't mean that there's no wind anywhere else uh, but the trees were very near to them. They were quite a bit higher than them as well, though. Yeah. I think Time Lords may have better wind sensing powers. probably do. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly plausible explanation. <laughs> His senses are finely attuned. A bit like Daredevils. Oh, where did he come from? Uh, exactly. Was he there all along? No, they came himself. back into the living room and he was standing there. And they express surprise uh, at his presence. Right. I quite like the way his he's... daughter's still under his protection. Yeah. So I'm going to just go out the window and I'm going to say he's a house. That dude is a house. He is a house. Yeah. I like the way his sort of a costume matches the the wooden panelling and things. He does look of the, of the house. And even his sort of pallor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Isn't it the uh, <laughs> bit on the varnish? <laughs> so, do any of what? What? Uh, right, I've missed something here. So they're they're basically asking him about the creakiness, about the lack of washing machine. Yeah. Um, that the electrics are rubbish. Yeah. Uh, and that there's the strange noises. So they ask him if he's got a cat. Specifically excluded from it. Right, he mentioned that, didn't he? You can't go in the tower, it's yeah. safe. Yeah. That's right. So, this is David Suchet, most famous for playing Poirot, of course. Right, I thought it looked familiar. Years, yeah. yeah, of course. I, I mean, yeah, you don't really recognise him about the... The Tash. The little Tash thing. Yeah. So, didn't you have a, a flatmate at uni who was a Doctor Who fan? Um. Yeah, for a bit. Um, yeah, Uncle Matt. He was a massive Doctor Who fan. Yeah. Um, Uncle Matt was really cool. Uh, he was he was all he was twenty five when he went to university. So we called him Uncle Matt because obviously twenty five is just so old. Um, yeah, and he turned up in his uh, his tight denim jeans, his cowboy boots, and uh, his massive flowing blonde hair. <laughs> he was awesome. Uh, yeah, I think uh, he's a cameraman now for the for the BBC, I think. Oh, cool. Um, and a couple of the folk who were on his course uh, were also big Doctor Who fans, and they ended up writing for for uh, BBC Radio and TV. All right, there you go. Yeah, I don't have any of the work on Doctor Who, man. Maybe no. I have to ask, ask about. Yeah, definitely. I didn't meet any Doctor Who fans at university. Even no. though, uh, even though you spread the word far and wide, yeah. and let it be known that you're a Doctor Who fan. <laughs> well, no, I didn't really. I mean, you didn't. In <laughs> didn't the really. You didn't in the nineties. Mark, so, did you? Mark has a, a massive thing about people. This is such a big step for him to admit <laughs> that he likes Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was um, I was taught for a term by uh, Neil Perryman uh, at university, who is uh, does the Wife in Space blog, uh, which uh, you. If you haven't seen, it's definitely worth checking out. 
where he made his wife watch all of classic Doctor Who from the start. Um, but obviously neither of us knew each other were Doctor Who fans because in the 90s you didn't really talk about it. No. Um, this is something that <laughs> I still don't really talk about <laughs> in real life at work or anything. But, uh, uh, is that bloke yeah. from work that you were saying you had to... How long was it before you plucked up the courage to just mention his, his mug? <laughs> there's, uh, there's a guy... I started a new job in January and I noticed a Doctor Who mug, but I didn't think it was enough evidence to go on to sort of out myself. Uh, but then <laughs> it, it turns out he's... Um, that somebody told me he'd written a Doctor Who book, so I did then uh, have a conversation with him. Uh, so that's Scott, who will be on an episode of the podcast in the future. Very good. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing, yeah. <laughs> I think it's good if you put little hints like that in, it keeps people listening. It's <laughs> like uh, it's like the vault in this series of Doctor Who. Oh, nice. Nicely tied yeah, in as well. Yeah, you keep, uh, keep coming back to see who or what is in the vault. That... Right, so where so she's yeah she's familiar with the TARDIS, isn't she? Yeah, she's been on uh, two or three trips in the TARDIS at this point. Yeah. Um, she's a, she's a little embarrassed of the Doctor being around. Yeah. She told everyone that he is her grandfather. They all seem pretty as, uh, all right with him though. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's they take uh, it to heart. I mean, I think he's known on uh, on campus as uh, as like a cool lecturer. Right. She did say in the first episode that everyone loves going along to his, his lectures because they're uh, yeah he, he covers uh, you know everything and anything and everything. Thunder and lightning again. Yeah, it's bad luck two nights in a row, isn't, isn't it? it? Isn't it? Especially yeah. when it was so clear that that day. Yeah. Is it so? Uh, so this is where One the characters might almost are suspect there's something fishy going on. <laughs> so the characters Ooh. here have uh, these ones He's are going dead. to bed. Yeah. <laughs> He's coming on to the main character. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, but he's uh, he, he's barking up the wrong tree, uh, as we'll. Uh, oh, I see. Uh, as um, she reveals here that she's a lesbian. So he's quite chuffed about that and the fact that. Uh, <laughs> right, is that not being mentioned before? Uh, no, no, we it's, yeah we know from from the first episode right, okay. uh, about that. Yeah, it's not it's not a surprise to the viewers just here. Right. But his fragile male ego is uh, <laughs> is restored by the fact that <laughs> that's the reason she's not interested in him. Yeah. But she's in. A lo- oh, loads of lesbians at my university, I think. <laughs> 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 Almost exclusively, so I found. <laughs> <laughs> the girls are turned out to be lesbians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they all told me anyway. So, is this the old, uh, he's just messing about, he's just messing about, and then he turns out... <gasps> well, I think they think he's punking them, as about. the young people say. Did they say that? I think that, don't they? <laughs> it's very hard to, to keep up with... Uh, yeah, when you used to be with it. To be, yeah. <laughs> they keep changing what it is. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like we are, or I am, missing a little bit of this because of the yeah. sound. There is it knocking from all work. directions. I don't think it does it justice to just <laughs> how, much, how much knocking there is going on. <laughs> Crashing now. Oh, shutters clatter. Yeah. I think now, and now, so they're going up, they're going higher. Right, so... Let's go further up into the house where 
shutters and doors open and close independently. Yeah. I'm off. So much uh, further can the. How much further up can the ground? Ah, I didn't realise what he said there until I've seen the titles there that he mentions that the. Uh, the was it the bassist that he stepped in for? Yeah. Was a type of Vok robot. Clash Neon Vok robot. Yeah. The Vok robots are the robots from The Robots of Death. Oh, they? Yeah, you know, you've got the Vox and the Super Vox and that, yeah. <laughs> the Super Vox being the ones who can talk. And, yeah, right. You know. <laughs> Super. Yeah. It's not that long since we've watched The Robots no, of Death. No, it's not. I, yeah. I think uh, we watched a couple that day, didn't we? Probably, yeah. I, the, um, when, because I remember when you went with them at first, and I just kind of binge watched them, and I had absolutely no idea what was going on in, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you'd ask me later on, oh, did you like this one? I, I couldn't remember it, because I just watched <laughs> them so close together. They just all melded into, like, one, yeah. one story. <clears throat> oh. Yeah, I think there's probably a lot I, that you hadn't seen as well. So now yeah. this is the first time now that we're doing it that I've watched them in order. Yeah. Uh, so it is. Uh, I mean, not that there's a lot of. He seems pretty cool about this, doesn't he? The Harry. Is that what he's called, Harry? Yeah. Yeah. Like she's just been either sucked out of the. No, she climbed out. Did she? she yeah, she out. was. She was desperate to escape. So the window was open. Uh, it was, but the the shutters were trying to close. Right. Uh, and then now the tree's got her. Now the tree's got her. Yeah. So he looks freaked out now. He does. Isn't He's he? got huge eyes as well, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. So maybe. He's got that kind of David Tennant eyes of uh, the pupil being smaller, the or the, the whatever the you know the coloured bit being smaller than the oh, than the the rest of his eyeball. Oh, there it is. You know the way you can see the whole thing. Yeah. Mad and staring. Big eyes, yeah. All the best doctors have big eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your so eyes never grow. Is, uh, do they not? Are your eyes always the same size? From from birth? Yeah. I don't know, are they? I feel like... No, because babies are, are very small. <laughs> yeah, but they have big eyes, don't they? But they don't have... I don't know. What proportion? Oh, that's quite freaky. Yeah. Looks good, though. It'll be okay. <laughs> and tell them that this to him. <laughs> yeah. So this is where we see the... Uh, it's the Scottish guy, isn't it, has been been absorbed into the water. Oh, is that him? No, that's Pavel, isn't it? Oh, it is. Yeah, sorry, it's Pavel. It's uh, because the record's playing. Yeah. 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 Uh, again, something that uh, that Denise pointed out. Uh, this is basically well up up until today. So anyway, I, don't, I think it's a tree now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's not a it's not a it's not a house. It's a tree. The uh, David Suchet's character. Yeah, I think it's a tree. <laughs> uh, yeah, something that Denise pointed out though, that was quite that uh, each episode of this series has featured characters uh, being absorbed or sort of eaten in some way. All right. Yeah, consumed. This is uh, up until today. Uh, I've had very good uh, kind of co-hosts on. Who've, uh, <laughs> basically, <Charming>. yeah. <laughs> up until today, I've had very good co-hosts. They, they've kind of yeah, they've done a lot of preparation <laughs> and thought about things beforehand, and uh, and really covered for my lack of ability. So it's been quite good. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, I suppose to a certain extent I'm uh, just watching it and seeing what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rather than, uh, yeah, commentating on it. Trying to read the subtitles at the Yeah, that's the it, yeah. Time, yeah. And they're all in lots of different colours, which is slightly, yeah. This is to differentiate between different characters. Yeah. So, this. So there's something to do with the music then. Yeah, Everybody. sound sound plays a part of it. He, he makes the the high pitched sound of a of a tuning fork and then and then attaches it to the wall. Right. So obviously they're, they're going to the tower because yeah. it's the one place he's forbidden them to go. Yeah. Maybe they'll find some answers there. Always oh, wanted a secret door. Always wanted a bookcase with a that leads to a secret. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't get that. What was the Indiana Jones um, reference? The that, in in uh, in the Temple of Doom, it's uh, it's not a bookcase, is it? But there's an ornament when uh, when Indy and oh, what's the girl called in that one? Marion. Is Marion not the first? Oh, Temple of Doom. Yeah. Uh, it's oh, uh, what's she called? It's Kate Capshaw, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Willie. Yeah, Willie. They're staying in that that kind of fancy hotel, and there's an ornament or a lamp yeah. or some kind of fitting that but that moves to yeah. the same as uh, the Last Crusade, where they pull on the thing in the fireplace. Like, oh no, he's, he's yeah, um, his dad's knee knocks the poker or something, doesn't it? And it yeah. it turns them yeah. all. I suppose that's the Indiana Jones type reference. Yeah, maybe it is. So. Ooh, what? What's your favorite Indiana Jones film? Uh, Raiders of Lost Ark. Yeah, oh, I don't know. I mean, Last Crusade's really good. I like Crusade a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like Temple of Doom as well. It's just not. Quite I like the yeah. Uh, I like them all. As the others. Uh, apparently, they're making a new one. Uh, I will never watch it. No. <laughs> much as I will never watch the Crystal Skull or whatever. Yeah, I don't really acknowledge that one either. So. Uh, but George Lucas is having nothing to do with the new one, so right. Quite a yeah. <laughs> slightly promising. Yeah. So the. Uh, the dryads, as the doctor was dubbed. These, dubbed uh, so the dryads are what? The, they're the insects, are they? Yeah. These are these uh, these things that are coming out of the wood. Right. Dryads are wood nymphs yeah, in, in Greek, Greek mythology. mythology. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I looked that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, they um some some. But like the dryads were like. Tr like tree spirits that would yeah. take the form of women though but these are like insects these take the form of, of insects yeah right I mean the doctors had to of the, the doctors had to coin names for a lot of aliens I think it can be be forgiven for it not being a literal uh, you know representation of what it is yeah, or, and, yeah. and for nicking an ancient Greek yeah <laughs> is this uh, explaining this uh, I thought he was going to explain like why he was giving them names that you know, they could have uh, maybe made out that that was where the ancient Greeks got the name from. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's it's entirely plausible that the Doctor could have gone back to ancient Greece and had an adventure with the infestation of the Dryads. And yeah. then... With then, Zeus, uh, when I was looking up Dryads, yeah, there was some... Uh, but then some you've got the Naiads and the whatever, all the other ads. Yeah. So it'd have to have, like, you know, they'd have to have been pretty busy in ancient yeah. Greece. <laughs> There were some dryads that looked after the infant Zeus in his cave on Crete. Right, you went there, didn't you? We did, yeah. We went, we visited the cave. The cave of Zeus. The cave of Zeus when uh, oh, we were in Crete problem? last year, yeah. Uh, no, it's a picture of a woman. Right. 
Are they, where are they at now? Though? Oh, they're just in the basement, aren't they? They're in the basement. Yeah, which is stone, I noticed. Yeah. I suppose it's a more solid foundation, isn't it? Yeah. And not made of wood, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and they find the effects of previous students who've come to live here. Yeah. In 97? <gasps> That's when That's we started weird, yeah. university, yeah. Many moons ago. Yeah. None of us never came back, did they? Uh, no. No. No, we all came back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh... So they, they Polaroids. Yeah, a time to take a Polaroid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> Hang on there, frantic, yeah. <laughs> frantically wafting it about yeah. and they keep drawing. <laughs> the insects are coming. <laughs> yeah. Every 20 years. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's the dude. It's the dude. It's the landlord. I hope yeah, people are watching along to be honest because yeah. uh, there's probably long periods of silence here. So I can I can edit out the periods of silence. So the, I know, but then what happens when they're reading the, when I, they're watching no, along? I don't think anybody will watch. No, them. they might, but they can fast forward. Yeah. Well, they can just watch. Obviously, yeah. so <laughs> they won't be at a, at a loss for entertainment. I, I get the feeling that like this guy's given a pretty bravura performance, and mm. we're missing it. Yeah, he's uh, David Suchet. He's uh, he's very good in this. He's got that like kind of sense of. I, I like it when, the Doctor's villains, uh, like all the best villains that they don't think they don't see themselves as villains. There, yeah, they're just doing what they do, and like this guy's like he's not apologetic that he's killed these people. It's like that he, he's kind of like oh this one I'm picking up anyway. I might be told yeah. wrong, totally wrong, no, no, but he's uh, kind of picking up like they've done a good thing, like something good has happened to them. It's you know. Yeah, no, he's done something which he feels is necessary. Yeah, yeah. and he's saying like that they're, they're alive forever in the house. So mm. it's it's not like he's saying something. You know, he's saying like that there's an upside to what's happened to yeah. them. Almost, he's not like the master who's just sort of killing people and cackling about it. Yeah. <laughs> this series so far, there's there's not really been. Well, I, say, guy, I say all the best villains think so. they're good guys, but the master was one of the yeah. best. Yeah, <laughs> the master just loved being evil. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, uh, you know, big school of thought that thinks it's the master in the vault. Oh, uh, some kind of wood dude. Is it going to be that woman in the photo? You could be right. So, right. Yes. Oh, it's got a creepy grin. Yeah. It's quite a good. Uh, I mean, imagine it's a, yeah, it must be a costume, but uh, uh, as opposed to CG, I don't mean they oh. they got an actress. Yeah, <laughs> a wooden actress. <laughs> Reminds me a bit of the androids of Death. Actually, it's the, the the face is very similar, isn't it? The robots of Death. Uh, what did I say? Androids of Death. Oh, the the tweets. Yes, the, the tweets I'll get now. The one on <laughs> that I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm embarrassed for you, to be honest. Yeah, I am. Uh, the Robots of Death is the embarrassed one... Embarrassed for, but to be fair, <laughs> it shouldn't come as a surprise. <laughs> the the androids... The Robots of Death is the one on the sandbiner. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, with the... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with one? the sort of uh, Art Deco robots and the... And yeah, the but their faces look quite similar to... Like, the eyes, I think. The eyes are slightly... Yeah. I don't know what the word is. She's, uh, again, this is a good so performance. So you tell me, from, just let's clarify, there is no Androids of Death. There isn't... Not yet. There's the Androids of Tara. Yeah, it was The Android Invasion. We just watched the Androids of Tara, didn't we? Yeah. There's the Androids of, of Death. Yeah. Isn't there? Which No, the Android... <laughs> sorry. No, there isn't <laughs> the The tweets you'll get now. <laughs> There's the Android Invasion, which is the Tom Baker story. Right. Where even the name of it is a massive spoiler. Yeah. Uh, when they arrive, apparently, in a, in a peaceful rural English village, but everyone's acting strange. That's... Yeah, that's right. Is it? It's not... Oh, hold on. That's... Yeah. Where it's they've recreated yeah. the English village. On Is that where it starts planet. off with one of the those comedy, like, rural characters? Is it an old woman in this one? No. Is it not? I think you're thinking there of... Uh, Spaceship with the things with the hair, the curvy hair. Pig, some pig. Where he's riding his bike, and he... <laughs> I think you might be conflating a number of stories there. Pig bin Josh. Yes, is the uh, is the tramp on the bicycle at the start of the Claws of Axos? Yes, the thing, the spaceship, and yeah, the things, the curly hair. Yeah, yeah, he's like the comedy yokel in that. Yeah, one. Yeah, but doesn't doesn't the and doesn't the android version start with somebody running away from? Like, is it a policeman or something? Ah, uh, you may be right. Or am I? Oh, am I thinking of Pyramids of Mars? Because that start, doesn't that start with a poacher trying to run away from something? The Three Doctors has got there's a poacher or a gamekeeper who uh, finds the finds the piece of antimatter originally. Right. Um, doesn't the images of Fendal? Is that not the? Uh, not like a, a comedy yokel in that one to begin with as well. Uh... To be fair, I think I think it might be this. It's a it's a not uncommon. Yeah, it's a bit of a trope at the not time. Uncommon trope. Or I something. liked. It, I liked. Yeah. So, right. Hang on. I've missed this. And what what do these what do these insects do? The insects are like feed them. The the, the girl are they? They, um, they need to feed on six students every twenty years. Right. So they have to be students. They, <laughs> um, well, I suppose they're the people who will move in together in sixes, aren't they? Yeah. Potentially. So, <laughs> there were four people in my student house. We were quite, uh, I suppose, diverse as well. Yeah. There were, no, there's five of us actually. Me and my mate Robin <laughs> moved in with a vegetarian, a vegan, and a Mormon. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. that, that is diverse. <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite as diverse as Bill's mates, but. Yeah. Well, the Mormon got married. Uh, she met somebody got married two months later and moved out and right. then our landlady moved a burglar in a burglar yeah there was this guy who was on the run uh for burglary in manchester yeah who, who washed up in sunderland and uh just went along and said he was a student and <laughs> was looking somewhere to live so he moved into our house and then uh, when we all went home for easter he uh true to form burgled us yeah he kicked oh, all the doors in and what? Uh, yeah shocking state of affairs there was a pub over the road and he went and tried to sell some of the stuff in there uh, and apparently one of his uh, potential customers was a police informant yeah uh, so he was caught and 
most of our stuff was returned. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Justice prevailed. This has gone really weird. Yeah. She's not his daughter, she's his mother. That's right. Um, how the doctor explains it is, uh, the memory doesn't work so well once you've been turned to wood. Right. So why has he been pretending to be her father all this time? So that she'll listen to him. And uh, and go along with the oh, right, okay. with the luring students in and having them eaten. Yeah. By the space bugs. Yeah. Yeah. So why? Why? Would, all right. So she was ill. Yeah. And the sp- and the space bugs doing that was the only way that they turned her into wood. Right. And then they struck a bargain. Oh, this is is this like there's that dude who's kind of turned into wood, isn't there? It, like uh, lives in the Brazilian rainforest somewhere. Yeah, and he's got like a, a really rare skin condition that turns his, like he covers his skin in like warts that look just like wood. There, yeah, there's a channel. He's, a, he's the subject of a Channel Four documentary. Right. Isn't he? The man who's turning still into a tree. I don't know. Because I remember he had like uh, an op- operations to like get rid of it and injections and stuff, and yeah. they weren't sure whether it was gonna like take or not, or whether it was just gonna come back. It'd be pretty horrific, like, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. Oh. Feel all like creepy now. <laughs> Skin crawler. Yeah, the bugs are quite. This is it, a thing in the modern series, isn't it? Where the uh, the technology to make all little CGI bugs yeah. is uh, is a bit better than you know, kind of Planet of the Spiders or something. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> although you know, um, but no, it's not the bugs. It's the thought of that guy with his skin. Oh, right, oh yeah. wood. right. What's what's the deal with the music then? So uh, they are activated by high-pitched sounds. Right. So it was originally when she was dying, she had a music box next yeah. to her bed, and the the kind of plinky plonky twinkling sounds from that kind of uh, yeah. agitated the bugs. But now he uses a tuning fork. Yeah, it is. Uh, so right. I wonder if there's some science behind that with insects with the high-pitched noises. But you get like crickets and stuff make quite a high pitched noise, don't they? Yeah, I guess so. Is that to uh, to attract a mate or whatever? And now she's realised that she can actually control the bugs. Yeah. Um, but she doesn't want to live if she has to do. How come nobody's like? How come not like? There's not been massive outcry about these students going missing. When um, well, we don't know. Maybe there was. And this old dude's just cunningly yeah. covered it up. So she's never even looked out the window for years, and uh, this is the, this, uh, the freshest party that the Scottish guy told Bill yeah. about earlier, which has gone ahead despite the violent thunderstorm that was, uh, was yeah. going on earlier, which which you thought might have put the kibosh on it. Yeah, obviously it was that kind of thunderstorm where there's no yeah. real danger of rain or yeah, <laughs> people being struck by lightning yeah. standing out in an open uh, area. Maybe it's past, you know, like the ones you get abroad where they just come and it's like... Yeah, uh, it's well, obviously, because like the... The, uh, the you know, the sky was blue and clear the next morning, the, wasn't it? Yeah. So, right, this guy is just a normal dude. Yeah, so the it was a bit of a red herring early when the doctor was asking him who the Prime Minister was and he didn't know. Yeah. I think he's just wisely... Uh, not following politics at the moment <laughs> for the sake of his uh, his own mental health, I think. And so the um, and him being the same colour as the walls and yeah. all that sort of stuff. 
Uh, he's just a very uh, drab mm. dresser. So, the, right, so they're absolutely dead now. Um, well, they've been consumed by the dryads. Yeah. But as we see here, the dryads can also reconstitute people. Right. What, that they've consumed? Yeah. The mind boggles. How do they do that? Well, I, I mean, I'm not a, a, an expert on alien entomology. Uh, no. So, but just something that alien bugs can do. So the guy who was sucked into the wall, like he was only partially sucked in, yeah, because his music was the sound was sort of yeah, holding uh, them back or doing it, yeah. So is he back as well? Or yeah, everybody lives. Everybody lives. Uh, and now they don't have a student house. I hope they got all the gear out of it. Don't think they got it. I don't think they got anything. Yeah. I think it was still there, to be honest. Hopefully they uh, they got some insurance. <laughs> but that's the paper trail, isn't it? That's the paper trail, yeah, that's it. Like, then... They get the post redirected there. Yeah. <laughs> Registered with a local doctor. Yeah, the parents yeah. come and see them. Like, oh, it's, uh... Even really, the getting them to sign the contract in the first place is, is evidence that, uh, you know... Yeah, there's something in there. Yeah. But they say that all criminals have one flaw, which, uh, so, you know... Yeah, had he ever been much. found out, yeah. uh, having the effects of all the dead students plus... Uh, contracts which he'd signed and they'd signed. Yeah, <laughs> and photos. Yeah. <laughs> you think it'd have uh, just got rid of them somehow. So this is the vault in the basement of the university. Right. Uh, where Nardole's, uh, he always seems to be sort of checking the locks or, or whatever, the, yeah. uh, the life support. Uh, and the doctor's brought... Life support? Well, is that potentially. It is? Well, I don't know, I'm just guessing. It seems quite a complicated setup. Uh, and they heard some uh, piano playing right. in there that the doctor was given whoever's in the vault. So now we, we kind of know it's a person now. Yeah. It? it was some speculation early on that maybe it was, you know, something or right. someone. So, so he's brought some, uh, who's, some who's, Mexican food. Yeah. Is that a clue? And Fur Elise was playing? Yeah. Who wrote that? I don't know. Well, where did that bit out? Then you can look yeah. like you know what you're in. <laughs> look like you've done some damn research, yeah. Mark. Do you ever listen to the uh, Adam Buxton podcast? Um, I I listened to the Adam and Joe podcast all loads when they were on like um, XFM and uh, whichever the other one was. Yeah, they are brilliant. He does one now. Um, does, do you do one now with Lisa Tarbuck? Not that I know. Or of. I think that somebody totally different. He does one where he just interviews comedians and actors and things right and he does anyway he does a thing on there called uh fact checking santa so if he doesn't know something at the time he'll splice in a uh a, a santa right. voice in uh where so it's inserted into that yeah <laughs> uh so yeah the mexican food thing if that's a Ooh, clue, this looks awesome maybe it's yeah next week it looks very good doesn't it zombies on the space station yeah did you ever play a dead space no that's brilliant though yeah you know um like uh, like Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. You ever play Resident Evil? Yeah, I did. It's I like played Resident that, Evil but like one in two. space. Alright, very good. Unlike Space Station. Yeah. Right, that was uh, that was interesting. I like the uh, stuff about the. I like the kind of the, the teased 
thread running through it all about the um, the vault. The vault, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say the, the Mexican food. Maybe you think, what if it's salamander? What if that would be awesome? Yeah. <laughs> Difficult to achieve to get Patrick Troughton back to play him again. <laughs> I'm sure his son could do it. Yeah. Has he been in Doctor Who? Uh, two of his sons have been in Doctor Who. One of them looks just like him, though, doesn't he? The other one doesn't quite so much. Uh, I wouldn't say he doesn't look just like him. Does he not? No. Maybe I saw a They're both a bit maybe maybe a picture of him. taller and heavier set. Right. Uh, one of them was in um, the Christmas special, Last Christmas. Right. And one of them was in Planet of the Dead. Right. Yeah. Both of which I've obviously seen. And I think you've seen Planet exactly of the Dead. Planet of the Dead's the one with the uh, where the bus, the double decker bus, oh, goes yeah. to a, a portal and lands yeah. on, a, on a different planet. And there's lots of things flying. No, about. sorry, that's not right. He's not in that at all. He's in. Uh, that was psychic, didn't it? Was the woman who was psychic or something? She's the one that gave the tenth Doctor the prophecy about he will not four times. Right. Uh, no, I'm getting completely confused. It was the it was the episode called Midnight, which is on a space bus. Space bus on the planet Midnight. Right. Um, which is the one where one of they get possessed and they repeat the thing that you've learned. Oh God, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah, I have seen that one. Um, but one of his sons did. Uh, there's some. Uh, I might have lent you these. I lent you some of them certainly. The last series of the Tom Baker Nest Cottage um, oh. stories. One of his sons voices. The second Doctor, right? I read. Uh, sorry, I uh, listened. To, there was the one with the the, the wasps, the, the hornets. hornets. Yeah, um, they had Mike Yates in as well, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, Richard yeah, they were good. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, only had, I think yeah. I had two stories of them. Uh, what was the What was the second one? The, it was the Hornets and. There was the Hornets. Then the second one was was that uh, Demon Quest? Was that what Mrs. Wibsey sold? Some yeah. TARDIS components at a jumble sale, yeah. and then Mrs. <laughs> yeah, Tom Beck is great. Yeah. Um, uh, and then the third one, I think, if you're writing for Tom Baker, you'd have to just like, you know, you know the like in um, Blackadder where the the maiden fall in love with Bob. Yeah, and they only call they obviously they call her <laughs> Bob because of the way that Ron Atkinson says these yeah. bees. I think if you're writing for Tom Baker, it just must be glorious just yeah. to, to fit in that dialogue and just imagine the way that he says it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mrs. Wibsey. Yeah, Paul Mars that writes those, I think he uh, he writes for the Fourth Doctor very well. Yeah. 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 Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, so there was that. There was the. Yeah, so about Genie, wasn't there? Did they find. Like a, oh, there was an episode where, yeah, there was. Um, it was like. It was Aladdin and uh, flying carpets and a, and a genie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. After after listen to them, uh, I've took them. Your I don't way, think yeah. I got. Yeah, I think I, I only really remember the Hornets one. This one, oh the Badger. Yeah. The thing with the Badger that was amazing. Uh, were they um, sort of stuffed animals coming to life? Yeah. Was that the thing? Wasn't yeah. it? It was. Um, I can't remember what they call it. The taxidermy. Yeah. It was uh, all the uh, taxidermy animals are coming to life and attacking. And yeah. <laughs> And it was, it was it was the cliffhanger, wasn't it? And the cliffhanger yeah. was just was Tom just describing a, like how this badger was gonna come and eat him. Oh yeah, yeah, brilliant! What an image. <laughs> he is great. Uh, did you read that um, comic I lent you, the Paul Cornell Third Doctor? Not yet. I read the first one. Yeah. 
Uh, but I haven't finished either, okay. so I will finish that off. Okay. And uh, it was it was very um, like very faithful to the to the setting, wasn't it? Yeah, it was I really think. like all the artwork was very. I don't know somehow fit in in keeping with that. Yeah, it's the, kind of colourful and bold, isn't yeah. it? Like the, yeah, yeah, that kind of era. Yeah, it's good. It's very good. I definitely recommend it. What was that called? For the people at home, the Heralds of Destruction by Paul Cornell. It's a Titan Comics run of five issues. Yeah. And as soon as I'm finished with it, you can borrow it off Mark. <laughs> uh, so I don't think there's anything else I was going to cover or add. No, check your notes that I should have made. Um, actually, what we, what we've got? <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to do this again. Now that I've actually uh, watched the damn thing. Uh, no, actually, because this series of uh, of Doctor Who was designed as a jumping on point for new viewers, I thought it'd be interesting to talk to somebody who'd never watched Doctor Who uh, to see how they got on with the pilot. So this was going to be on a few weeks ago, but the gentleman in question was on holiday, so we've recorded that this week. Uh, so this is a guy that we were both at school with, Richard Packer, um, who has got generally very good taste in TV and stuff, but for some reason has never... Never watched Doctor Who. So it'll be interesting to find out what his preconceptions are, you know, why he'd never watched Doctor Who, uh, that kind of thing. Might be interesting for sort of future doctors or psychologists to try and find a <laughs> cure, you know, uh, for, for that. A that, cure for what? For, for not wanting to watch Doctor yeah. Who, yeah. <laughs> Those people with that sad affliction. Uh, so uh, we will uh, we'll go over to that now and then, uh, and then come back. Brilliant. Back up! Uh, so, uh, the reason that we're uh, speaking today is because you've never seen Doctor Who before, uh, and Series 10 is designed to be a jumping on point for new viewers, so it's not laden with a lot of continuity. Um, it can be a good introduction for um, anybody that's, uh, that's never, never seen it before. So you've never watched Doctor Who in your life? Well, not quite. I've never seen an episode of Doctor Who, but actually, and I'm slightly disappointed you didn't remember this, I did watch the film in 1996, I think, uh, when we were, what were we, about 18, were we at the time? Yeah, we were um, 17 or 18, so, yeah. Yeah, sounds about right, because at that time, I'd, I'd, I'd sort of known you for... Uh, uh, whatever, about sort of uh, seven or eight years or something, and during that time there hadn't, a bit less than that, there hadn't been, you know, any any new Doctor Who at all, um, so I remember that being a moment of some excitement when actually it came back for, for that film. I'd forgotten it was a film, I actually had to look this up, I had in my mind that it was like the first first episode of a series, but, but it wasn't, of course, it was just a film. Um, so I don't know a great deal about the film itself, um, but the thing I remember is a rookie error on my part that I watched it, um, and we, we both watched it at our own homes, and when it got to the end and the music started, I rang you, um, and when you picked up the phone, said, I, I said, um, uh, you said, uh, so uh, would you mind just, uh, if I just ring you back in a few minutes, because the, uh, the, the theme music's still on, <laughs> so we hung up, and then you rang me back at the end. I had not realised its significance was such that, uh, that even missing the theme music would not be acceptable. Well, it was a new arrangement of the theme tune, in my defence, which, which I'd never heard before. Um, I'd, I'd forgotten that completely, actually, that you, you might have watched that. Um, so, uh, for a second, I was really impressed that you remembered it was 1996, but obviously you've looked it up to... Um... I, 
to I have looked this up, yeah. I, I had no idea when it was. I just remembered it was after we'd known each other a few years that uh, the Doctor Who came back. And I hadn't, I hadn't remembered, actually, that there was then another gap. I thought that was when it began again, but obviously, in fact, that was just a one-off, and then it was off again for, for a long time. It was very much a false dawn, yeah. It was a, um, a pilot for a proposed American co-production between the BBC um, and I think it was Fox in America. Um, so it was a pilot whereby they, they might have gone on to make a series, but it didn't land well enough in America. Uh, so, yeah, it was then another nine years before the BBC brought it back in 2005. Uh, then Wikipedia has served me well. Excellent. Uh, so it is, it is accurate at times. I think Doctor Who fans are probably quite sticklers for that, so it's probably been edited uh, quite accurately. Uh, I was going to say, uh, the Wikipedia page gives the impression of being quite a labour of love. Yeah. Uh, so right, ah, right. I've forgotten about that then. So you did see the '96, and as you rightly say, for most of the time, uh, yeah, probably should just explain we're at school together, uh, and that's how we know each other. Um, so when the series came back in 2005, although you obviously weren't aware that that was it coming back, um, you weren't, you haven't been tempted to watch it since. I, I haven't really. I mean, I, I suppose in terms of my preconceptions of Doctor Who, it's not really my sort of thing. Um, so I, 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 I'm not huge on science fiction. Um, I, I watch some bits of science fiction, but really it's things like um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, for, for example, not not watch because the, the thing, the film that you can actually watch isn't very good. Um, but but the, uh, the, the, the radio version was brilliant. Um, but but the but but I really really that's because of its comedy element rather than because of its science fiction element. I just find it very funny. Um, and and generally speaking, I'm I'm not huge on science fiction. Um, and and I probably had a bit of a preconception of Doctor Who as the being a perhaps because of the Daleks because the Daleks basically shoot at you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I probably had a bit of a preconception of Doctor Who as being a lot of being shot at and diving around at the last minute, just getting out of the way, that sort of thing, um, which which didn't really particularly interest me. And so I've just never really been tempted by it. Interesting. You know, you know there's a TV series of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that was made in the what was it, early 80s as well, late 70s, early 80s. Have you seen that? Yeah, I've got a feeling you introduced me to that, um, and it's got the one with safe of Beeble Brocks where he's got two heads, but it's really unconvincing. <laughs> the second head's just kind of stuck onto the side of his neck. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the yeah, one. Yeah, I don't think I've seen all of it, but I've seen bits of it. Ah, right, okay. Um, well, interestingly, Douglas Adams, that wrote the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, was um, script editor on Doctor Who for a little while as well. Oh, really? Um, I didn't know that. Wrote some great stories, introduced a lot of... Uh, well, not introduced, but brought a lot of humour into those stories as well. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, he was, uh, he was kind of doing that concurrently with writing Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and then left Doctor Who to concentrate on that. Ah, uh, OK. No, I wasn't aware of that. There you go. Every day's a school day. Yes, I don't think that was on the Wikipedia entry. Was <laughs> <Is> it not? <laughs> well, I'm not sure I read every word, to be fair. It was quite long. Uh, well, at some point, I will introduce you to a Doctor Who story called The City of Death, which Douglas Adams wrote and is a Stone Cold classic, which I think you'll probably enjoy. Uh, ah, okay, good stuff. I look forward to it. So you don't really remember the uh, the TV movie from 1996? Um, no, no I, I remember quite enjoying it. Uh, and and I, I remember, I think I remember our conversation afterwards more than I remember the uh, the, the movie itself. But I, I remember saying at the time that uh, that, that yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Um, and actually, when when I was thinking back to it before this, I was wondering why uh, I didn't go on and watch the rest of it. But of yeah. course, that's because there wasn't the rest of it. It was it was just a one off. 
That's it. But you've kindly watched um, the pilot um, from this series. Uh, so what were your thoughts on that one? Um, well, I, I, I thought, I mean, there, there, so there were a couple of things. I mean, overall, um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it had more more humour in it than I was expecting, uh, which was which, as I've mentioned, was was a good thing because because I enjoy comedy. Um, and uh, so so Nardole is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, yeah, Matt um, Lucas for the uh, Matt Lucas character uh, was uh, was 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 obviously there as as a comedy character. And I'm not actually a huge Matt Lucas fan generally, but I did enjoy him in this uh, and thought he was very funny. Uh, so. Uh, so, so that was really good, um, and I enjoyed the uh, I enjoyed the moment when Bill, in that way that people only do on television, walked towards the window and talked at the window uh, when she was uh, talking to the doctor, uh, and then uh, halfway <laughs> through her uh, monologue, saw the doctor running past outside. Uh, yeah. which I, uh, which I, I thought was great. Uh, so, uh, so, so, yeah. I mean, there were there was quite quite a lot in it, which uh, which I did think was very funny, and uh, and and which. Uh, um, was uh, was was developed really well, I thought. Um, I, I think, I, I mean, I suppose one of one of the uh, preconceptions I had of Doctor Who was that it has a strange sort of combination of the mundane and the fantastical, uh, and the fact that they spent most of the episode being chased around by a puddle, I thought fitted yeah. that quite quite well, really. Um, and that, uh, that, yeah, that 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 fitted. Whereas a lot of it didn't particularly fit my preconceptions of Doctor Who. That that fitted in quite well. Yeah, I think that is a huge part of Doctor Who is is using, like you say, the mundane and the everyday and turning it frightening or menacing. Um, I think yeah, right from the beginning, that's always been been something that they've tried to do. There's a really famous early story from the '70s where shop window dummies come to life. Um, and break out of the windows and sort of kill people on the street Uh, and it's one that a lot of people you know not necessarily fans always remember as well yeah yeah and i think i mean i was uh, i was pleased i was pleased that there was a dalek in it um yeah uh, uh, because you know that that's that very much in terms so so what did i know beforehand about doctor who well well the theme tune actually i remember uh I think pretty much our first conversation about Doctor Who uh, shortly came up shortly after we first met, as you will not be surprised to, yeah. uh, to know, um, was uh, w- w- was was you mentioned it and, and I hummed the theme tune and you said, yeah, well, actually, that's uh, that's that's probably the, the main thing that most people know about Doctor Who is they know the theme tune. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I knew the theme tune. Um, I know about Daleks and I uh, knew about Tardises. Tard- is that the plural of Tardis? Anyway. I, so, um, I, yeah. I knew about the TARDIS, uh, so so that was probably really my extent of knowledge of Doctor Who. I was shocked, incidentally, listening to your uh, uh, previous podcast where you interviewed uh, Denise Sutton uh, to hear that uh, people in Norway mostly have never heard of uh, of, of a Dalek, uh, and I thought I, I'm just I'm not sure how a, a culture can really develop without <laughs> knowing about Dalek. I mean, it's it's just fundamental, isn't it? Everybody knows what a Dalek is. Um, so, so I knew that much, and I didn't know when it came to the TARDIS. I did this. This first episode was my uh, first introduction to the reason why it looks like a police phone box. Um, yeah. That that it's to blend into its surroundings, but it's got stuck. And I thought that was great. I loved that. Yeah, it's um, it probably isn't sort of mentioned that often, but but every so often, often with the arrival of a new companion um, like Bill, um, they'll they'll kind of touch on it. Yeah, the very first story. Um, the Doctor is in London in 1963. The TARDIS has uh, disguised itself as a police telephone box. 
um, and then has been stuck like that basically ever since. Yeah. Um, but I yeah. mean, originally, it's, it's a brilliant, brilliant concept. I love it. I, I, there's a um, there's a Bliss telephone box in Earl's Court in London, or, or there was a while ago, and it's still there. Yeah. Uh, I don't want everyone to rush off and see it and they not be there and, and you get the blame. But but um, but but when you go past it, um, then when you hear people's conversations, but both adults and children. Uh, we'll, we'll walk around the corner and see it and say, oh, look, there's a TARDIS. So, you know, it's so the, the, the police in the in the minds of people in the UK and I think a lot of other countries, not Norway, obviously, but, yeah. but lots of other countries, um, that the, uh, the, 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 a police telephone box is a TARDIS now. That's what you know it has. It's, yeah, it's far better known as that. I think the BBC actually sort of own the, uh, I don't know what it is, the design or the image or something now. They, they bought it from the police because it, obviously they use it a lot more. <laughs> Um, I think it's the one in, in Earl's Court that you mentioned. Um, I don't, yep. Again, I don't know if this is still the case, but there was a feature on Google Maps where if you clicked on that telephone box, um, it sort of zoomed in and showed you the interior of the TARDIS. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'll have to have a look. Um, so, yeah, again, a, a nice thing for kids there that, you know, it, it could be the real one. Yeah. <laughs> so you were aware that it was bigger on the inside, that kind of thing. That's, that's probably a fairly... Uh, a fairly... I was. Well known thing to do. Yeah, yeah. There was a, a yeah, nice but I've never seen any sort of images of the uh, um, any sort of images of the inside of the TARDIS before uh, watching this episode. So, so that that was my. I mean, I don't know if it changes, does it, a lot the the inside of the TARDIS, or if it always looks pretty much like it did on this episode. Um, it changes every now and again, but the basic elements will stay the same. Yeah, I think that thing about Norway it is quite interesting because uh, you say even if you've never seen Doctor Who here, you know. Like you say, what Dalek, a TARDIS is, um, you know, the concept that the lead actor will change um, is very much part of the kind of cultural tapestry, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is, yeah. I, it's got to be one of the, I'm sure there's some statistics, but it's got to be one of the most famous television uh, series in, in the UK, in, in the minds of, uh, in, in the minds of, you know, the public in general, um, I'm sure. And... I sometimes wonder a bit whether in some ways that makes it more difficult for it to attract new viewers because people people think they know what it is and know about it and they know that some people are huge fans of Doctor Who. So when the new series of Doctor Who comes on, they think, yeah, that's for the Doctor Who, Doctor Who fans. The Doctor Who fans will love it. But, but they don't go and watch it. Yeah. Um, whereas, I mean, maybe if it, if it was actually something new which had... You know, some of the names who are in the Peter Capaldi, Matt Lucas, people like that, um, and and the people making it, then perhaps people would look at it with a bit of a fresher mind and think, oh, I might watch that. So in, I'm sure in, in many ways it being famous is very useful for it, but in some ways perhaps it works against it a little bit as well. Yeah, I wonder if there's an element of that, um, whether the, the huge weight of history behind it makes you think, oh, I can't start watching it now because I haven't seen the previous ones. Um, yeah. Even though people I work with and know have been raving about Line of Duty, I've kind of looked at it and thought it's the third series. I'd rather start from the beginning. Yeah. Um, uh, and same with Broadchurch. Um, I uh, the third series of Broadchurch I know has gone down really well, but I think I'll wait and watch it from series one. Even though people reassured me that you don't need to, I kind of yeah. think I'd like to see the story. You know, kind of see the characters and the story from the beginning. So yeah, I do wonder if sometimes there's an element of that with Doctor Who. Yeah, I don't know what the viewing figures have been like this time. I mean, some some of those viewing figures from the eighties and so on, uh, when it was a bit different because there were only four channels anyway and so on. But but some of the figures were were incredible. Yeah, and and that is it. There wasn't there wasn't a lot of choice um, in those days. Now you've got this huge plethora 
of uh, of different channels, and it's more, more kind of narrow casting than broadcasting. Um, but the figures for this series have been good, um, and also what they do now is the consolidated ratings. So other people have watched it on catch up on iPlayer, um, and you know kind of recorded it and then watched it later. Much more taken into account, which is the kind of. Uh, I mean, I watch very little on broadcast, so uh, yeah. I think that is a much more common way of uh, of watching it these days. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm exactly the same. I hardly watch anything at the time it's actually on. Yeah. Cool. So, did it make you want to watch again? Yeah, it did. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought, I mean, I thought that last episode itself, um, it sort of didn't go very far in a way. I mean, it quite surprised me when I got to the end. Uh, in the sense of I sort of thought, oh, is, is that it, sort of thing. Um, but I think part of that was because there was an obvious there to make it a good sort of jumping on point for people who um, don't know all of you know, all of the previous stories of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. So there was probably a bit of time in that sense, in that sense, wasted, so to speak, in in bringing people up to speed a bit and giving them a bit of an idea of the concept. Uh, and it meant that the storyline itself didn't have a great deal of opportunity to develop. Uh, in that first episode, but of course, encouraging uh, people to, uh, to to um, watch it again, encouraging me to watch it again—that's not necessarily a bad thing because it leaves you it leaves you wanting more. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. I will. Uh, I, I, I've got them recording. I will continue to uh, uh, to watch them and uh, and look forward to that. Excellent. Uh, will you join us later in the series to see what you thought of the uh, subsequent episodes? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to do that. That'll be great. Uh, so we'll pick up with you later on during Series 10. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. Back up. 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 You blunder again, Okay, so that was our interview with Richard Packer, and he'll be joining us later on in the series to see how we got on uh, with the rest of the episodes. Uh, so before we go, uh, Kerry, any thoughts on who you'd like to see as the 13th Doctor? Um, none really, not particularly fussed, I don't really keep up to date with actors and things, I don't really know, just whoever. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same, I think if it's an unknown, that'll be quite good, they'll come in and make the role their own. Any thoughts on... And perhaps if they're unknown, they'll maybe stay for a, a bit longer than three series. I'd love that, I'd love it if somebody stayed more than three years. Yeah, it really made the mark on it. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on a female Doctor? Not particularly. I uh, can't really see it happening, I don't think. No. I think... Um, I think... I get, kind of get the feeling it would probably have happened by now if it was going to happen, although you never know. I kind of think it'll happen eventually. A few weeks ago we went to the Carlisle Comic Con yeah. uh, where Colin Comic Baker Con. was talking about this. Uh, and he said that you know there's the general feeling is he thinks everyone at BBC thinks it's a good idea, yeah. but nobody but wants to be the one who says to go yeah. ahead and do it, and yeah. it's on their head kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think there's a story recently about a guy apparently who'd written to the BBC to complain about the idea of a female doctor because it would confuse his son, and apparently the BBC has allayed his fears by saying that it's by saying that women can also be doctors yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, that uh, that it's not on the cards um, which I think is a bit of an odd argument I guess the, the father's probably got a bigger problem than the kid yeah it sounds like he's projecting doesn't it yeah I think kids have got you know enough imagination that they'll you know they'll just kind of take that in the stride like the doctor suddenly becoming 30 years older and Scottish yeah. and looking completely different yeah absolutely and I think as well um, I think sometimes 
children just they just gloss over things that they don't. Um, yeah, I agree that the, their imaginations let them. You know, this this fine, that's all right. It doesn't matter. If it doesn't make sense. A lot of the time, I think stuff that doesn't make sense, they just they just go past it and just carry on reading and enjoying anyway. Uh, carry on watching and enjoying, and they don't really care if the the little stuff doesn't make sense like that. Um, so yeah, like in a lot of cases, say you're reading with a child and they might not understand a bit that they've read, they'll just carry on, they'll still keep enjoying it, but just because they don't understand a bit, you know, it doesn't really seem to affect it that much. Yeah, that's it. That was a a lot of blathering nonsense. (laughs) But uh, yeah, basically, I think sometimes the stuff they don't understand, they don't really care. And do you find that kids are um, excited about Doctor Who? Are they sort of uh, playing it in the playground and talking about it, things like that? We should actually point out you're a teacher, a primary school teacher, not that you uh, hang around playgrounds. Yeah, not that uh, I just uh, watch children in playgrounds. Um, yeah, you see the odd, um, the odd backpack and the yeah. odd, the odd lunchbox and that kind of thing. I thought you were going to say with odd children. <laughs> um, the yeah, the odd backpack and lunchbox. Uh, not massively, to be honest with you. Um, uh. I don't know whether it's maybe um, they're an age that I teach where they're a bit too young for it, or because it is mostly the. I mean, there's yeah, so you're much a infant school teacher, aren't you? To to clarify, so well, primary, yeah, so, right. yeah. So maybe sort of maybe some of the sort of nine or ten, eleven mm. year olds, but uh, yeah, I think. I think Doctor Who is has quite a specific kind of catchment, and I think depending on the type of area that um, and the type of background the children are from has quite an impact on on what they watch. A lot of our children uh, seem to be into Star Wars. Yeah. A lot of them are into like wrestling and things like that. Some of them are even into UFC, which is awesome at the age of nine and ten. So ultimate fighting, basically, mixed martial arts, oh, right, okay. fighting, yeah, which is obviously the kind of thing that you want your nine-year-old to be watching. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> that's you know that's unfortunately part for the course. Yeah. I mean, think about it. I was about eight or nine when I started watching. Um, but there's the old uh, Philip Hinchcliffe. Was it Philip Chim- Philip Hinchcliffe or Robert Holmes that said it was aimed at the intelligent fourteen-year-old? Um, at that point, ooh, that's a that's a van question, isn't it? I think that is was it? Philip Hinchcliffe. Yeah, it's one. Of, yeah. It's definitely one of those two. That that kind of era. That's where they were pitching it. Yeah, you wouldn't be allowed to say that now, would you? And discriminate no. against the non-intelligent fourteen-year-olds uh, <laughs> or the non-fourteen-year-olds. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do. I do kind of feel like, for the most part, they're a little bit. I think it's aimed at a different audience now. Yeah. I think Doctor Who isn't. It's just not aimed at, at children. I think I get the feeling it's yeah. aimed at late teens, um, and. I do. You'd like it to have that Simpsons thing where the, there's something in it for yeah. for all ages, wouldn't you? I feel like it does have that. You think so? Yeah. I mean, we're for, still for, yeah, but for for children though, for ch- like yeah. not for teenagers, but for 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 preteen, for yeah, preteen. I don't even know what preteen means. Like twelve or eleven, but like for yeah. younger, for for you know, yeah. For young children. I mean, I suppose it's always probably been a bit scary for yeah very young children. Uh, so on Twitter, Jason, who's going to be on the podcast in a few weeks, he said he's got a six-year-old who didn't sleep very well after yeah. this episode, after Knock Knock. So it'll be interesting to hear from him. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if 
uh, strange though, isn't it? Because you. like if if um, some children are quite you know are quite happy watching. I mean, we have children in our school that are they'll watch Nightmare on Elm Street and mm. and all that you know Friday the Thirteenth and things and you just don't know. It, it, I think yeah. at the end of the day, it's gonna be it's gonna be what the parents let them watch, isn't it? And what the mm. parents feel suitable for them. Um. And compared to some of the options out there, Doctor Who's definitely a, <laughs> um, a very safe choice. But yeah, I don't definitely. Know, really. I mean, that's it's something where it's always kind of fairly kind of safe scares, isn't it? And the Doctor's always going to win the day. Yeah, and, you know, I think yeah. it's undercut a lot with humour as well. Absolutely. I remember ages ago you were saying that you'd uh, picked up. It must have been I guess Doctor Who Adventures, the, uh, the the kids comic that comes out, and uh, read a bit in it about how. The doctor, um, we're talking about the dinosaurs, and he wasn't sure how the dinosaurs yeah. wiped out ever wiped out. <laughs> oh, but we know you know, doctor. We know you know it was Adric, yeah, Adric killed <laughs> the dinosaurs, <laughs> yeah. So it was like he tried to block that out. Yeah. <laughs> Great, well, thank you very much for joining me. And Kerry will be back later on in the series, actually, having watched the episode next time, I yeah, think, definitely. Um, well. I think what we've learned today is uh, it's, <laughs> it's probably preferable to have some some foreknowledge, uh, but uh, hopefully it wasn't too bad. Uh, so join me next week when my co-host will be Keith again, and we'll be talking about episode five, Oxygen. See you then. <laughs>